0: What is going on? Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110 and 99.3 WBT. Happy Monday. Uh, someone's got a case of the Mondays. The number, the, the number, the number 704-570-1110-1800 wbt 1110 And uh, the email is Pete at the And that is with a K and no D, no D in my name. And uh, remember, get the podcast at WBT.com. So did you hear the latest audio making the rounds this weekend from North Carolina's Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson? It is either the best thing ever or the worst thing ever, just based on the reaction on social media. Also, uh, Madison Cawthorn out with a statement. Furthering the uh, the swirl of stuff that's all around the story on the the sex parties and the cocaine bumps and did he see it? Did it happen? Is it true? Is it not true? Who to believe? We've got yeah, we're gonna go into that and Trey Gowdy weighs in on it on Fox News and uh, yeah, we'll get your take on that. Um, also, I saw the uh, the. Black political caucus did their uh, candidate debate or or a forum, I should say, meet and greet for the candidates over the weekend, and uh, every story it's about Patrick Cannon and about how he was convicted for bribery. And you now, look, that he 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 is making this race, the Charlotte City Council race, he is going to make it a referendum on corruption. That's what every line of all the the stories, that's what they're going to have to take. They have to because it's the elephant in the room. So I almost wonder, like part of me thinks he's a Republican <laughs> because I'm not sure you could have, I'm not sure you could ask for more as a Republican than to have a bunch of corrupt and convicted Democrats running for the offices in order to illustrate, like, hey, we need some new leadership. So we'll get to all of that. Hopefully, I well, I shouldn't say, I I hope to get to it. I cannot promise because this is what I do. I I go down rabbit holes, and sometimes I never emerge before the end of the program, and I end up saying I'm going to talk about something, and then I don't talk about it. And for that, I am sorry. But then I'll I'll get to it, like, tomorrow. I promise. All right, so let's start off with Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson, who has been going around and preaching in churches. He's been doing this for a while, and as I understand, if I recall correctly, he actually— has done some uh preacher work preaching and stuff he 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 does this and was doing it before as i recall so anyway he he's been going around to churches and delivering i i i guess these are like guest sermons or something and the media and the left but i repeat myself they are just apoplectic but also Greedy, greedy, greedy. Give me more of these clips because then they push them out. And that's what happened this weekend. And Robinson knows exactly what he's doing and saying, and he knows how it's going to be used. Yeah, you can actually hear it as he talks or preaches during this sermon. And what is the topic? At least this part, this clip that made the rounds and got national exposure. Um, it's about the transgenderism fight. So for all the Gen Zs and the millennials, I feel obligated because I am a giver. Here's your trigger warning, okay? If that's the sort of thing you need because you feel like you are so afflicted with the PTSD of hearing alternate opinions that you need a trigger warning, which, by the way, psychologically speaking, uh, the trigger warning actually helps to uh, further the tendency for interpersonal victimhood characteristic, that mindset, that T-I-V mindset, getting the trigger warning and demanding the trigger warning actually makes you more susceptible to the T-I-V trappings. But anyway, uh, I I just feel like I would share that with you. I am a giver. So without further ado, here is the clip of Mark Robinson from the pulpit over the weekend.
1: There's something else I'm not supposed to say. Ain't but two genders. (laughs) genders. Yeah. Ain't nothing but men and women. And I can already see W R L out there. They got licking their pencils right now. Trying to write fierce and say they can't. Get every word of this here. Get every word of this. You can go to the doctor and get cut up. You can go down to the dress shop and get made up You can go down there and get drugged up but at the end of the day you were just a drugged up, dressed up, made up, cut up man or woman. You ain't changed what God put in you that DNA. You can't transcend God's creation. I don't care how hard you try. The transgender movement in this country, if there's a movement in this country that is demonic and that is full of the spirit of antichrist, it is the transgender movement. It's time for grown-ups and time for Christians to start standing up and being unafraid to tell the truth. Come after me if you want to i don't care you want my head here it is right here come on come get it i don't care because it's time for us to stand up now i'm not afraid to stand up and tell the truth about that issue they're dragging our kids down into the pit of hell trying to teach them that mess in our schools tell you like this that ain't got no place at no school Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. We need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell.
0: So that's the campaign slogan, I believe, for Robinson 2024, right? (laughs) Teach them to read, not how to get into hell (laughs) or to go to hell. All right. So first thing I need to say here uh, is... That is not my particular style of delivery, even though I agree with very many of his points, uh, if not all of them. Um, but this, it, it, I w- let me go this way. There was a guy named uh, Vocal Distance. He's on Twitter. He's got like a hundred, ten thousand, or something followers on Twitter, and he's um, and he spoofs and he criticizes and examines the Church of Wokeism. And he didn't know who Mark Robinson is. So he just sees this video making the rounds over the weekend and he goes into sort of the side of this that I think a lot of people have a problem with when it comes to Mark Robinson. By the way, the people in that church didn't seem to have a problem with it. And that that was a black church that he was in and he is doing that work in black churches. He's going in white churches, but he's going all over the place on weekends and he's doing these sermons. So Democrats, are you worried are you worried that Mark Robinson is getting that kind of a reception with that message delivered in that manner and he's going to churches every Sunday? If you're not worried, you should be. Because he's probably running for governor. And if he's already making the rounds in the churches and that's the kind of reaction he's getting in the black churches, mmm, Yeah. Josh Stein might have a fight on his hands. Now, of course, to the folks on the left in the media, but I repeat myself, they are uh, just embarrassed. He's, he's insane. He's an embarrassment. That's all they can see because they hear the preacher, right? And for them, that doesn't resonate. It's not a message that wins them over, makes them feel icky because he's talking in these absolutist terms. Which brings me back to this guy, Vocal Distance, who says there's this idea that we should respond to the strident, arrogant activism from the woke left with either clever non-answers or maybe a gently nuanced disagreement. He says that's wrong. The man in this video has the correct tone and posture. When a person speaks publicly, people do not only look at the cleverness of their words or only the logic of their argument before deciding to believe them. When a person speaks publicly, what they say is also judged on the basis of the depth of the speaker's conviction. That is true. That is absolutely true. And so when you hear people speak, they don't just want, or when people hear you speak, they don't just want to hear your arguments. They just don't want to hear a persuasive argument. They want to know... That you really believe what you are saying. And when you speak publicly on a contentious issue, people will not believe you unless they know you feel it in your bones. I'm not saying that conviction is everything. What I'm saying is when two speakers defending opposing ideas and listeners can't decide who to believe, they will follow the person who has greater conviction because they want to follow somebody who really believes in their idea. Why do you think the Republicans have such a problem with the, you know, the rhinos versus the, uh, you know, true cons or or Trump Republicans, whatever you want to call like this, the schism, these different factions, which, by the way, that's expected in a in a part in a tent like the Republicans have, where, as John Hood wrote about uh, uh, today in the Winston-Salem Journal, he was talking about the thing that unifies all these different factions of conservatism is this default position towards freedom. That really is it. That, In a nutshell, that's it. And everybody has different fault lines and different, you know, exceptions and exemptions and such. But generally speaking, that's where all Republicans, limited government folks, that's the default. Uh, that's where we tend to uh, organize and unify around that principle. And it's just not the same on the left. The left is about doing more with government. So you got to be convicted, right? You have to have the passion and the conviction when delivering your argument. That's part of the, and I, I do these, I cover this stuff because I'm trying to arm you so when you are at the dinner table, you can be the most passionate person at the dinner table. Okay, it's probably not a great place to have these types of discussions, so forget I just said that. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. All righty, so you heard the audio from the Lieutenant Governor, Mark Robinson. It got a lot of uh, coverage over the weekend on social media. There are a lot of people that uh, now are aware, uh, first off, that North Carolina has a Lieutenant Governor. And, <laughs> and that his name is Mark Robinson. Uh, this fella. On Twitter, he goes by the name Wokal Distance. He's uh, constantly uh, doing battle with uh, what I call the Church of Wokeism. And he talks about the way Robinson is delivering the message. And I will get into some of the the, the substance here. But the first part I wanted to kind of bring attention to is the style. And I thought he made a very good point uh, in talking about how when a person speaks publicly What they say is also judged on the basis of the depth of the speaker's conviction. And that is not an excuse for, because why that matters is because people want to, if you're making a compelling argument and you're arguing against me, and I'm also making a compelling argument, then people will tend to gravitate towards the one that they believe actually believes what they're arguing. Does that make sense? And so that is not an excuse for bad arguments, for lying, for false statements, intellectual sleights of hand, those things are all bad. You should not use them, ever. What you should do is provide correct, thoughtful, valid arguments, and you should say them with conviction. That does not mean yelling. It does not mean being obnoxious. It does not mean being a loudmouth. It does, however, mean being able to say something unapologetically. And that's what Robinson does. And that's what makes people, I think, on the left and the media, but I repeat myself, it makes them feel uncomfortable because he's unapologetic. Do not undermine your own arguments by looking like you don't really believe what you say. And then he goes on to talk about how your spirit goes out before you, your character, your ethos, your, your essence. It goes out ahead of you. If people feel like your essence doesn't match your words, they don't believe you. So you got to speak with a level of conviction that is what he calls congruent with what you believe. You also uh, have to speak in a way that is congruent with who you are. You can't try to talk like somebody else or sound like somebody else because, again, if your speech doesn't match your essence, people won't believe you. He says, I could never speak in the style of the man in the video. He's referring to Mark Robinson. He didn't know who he was. Um. This was a lesson I learned when I first uh, – so I was getting ready to graduate college in at Winthrop University in Rock Hill, and I got an internship in radio. And I was so excited. I went to work for the local public radio affiliate. I was not on the air. I was mailing people their coffee mugs. So, by the way, if you got a tote bag or a bumper sticker or – Uh, you participated in the fund drive and made a daily deposit or made a a, a donation that needed a daily deposit. I was your point person between the years of uh, 97 to 99, just a heads up. So I went and took the job and I turned into a, so it was an internship and then became a job. And uh, while I was there, I got help from the uh, uh, news director. She, Her name is Suzanne Stevens, but not the one from WSOC TV. Not Suzanne Stevens. Suzanne Stevens. She worked at WFAE. She was at the public radio station. And I think she ended up going into PR after that. Um, And I asked for help doing a demo tape so I would have something to get a job on air. So I... But I, I wasn't on air, so you're kind of caught in this catch twenty two. Everybody in radio gets caught in this sort of dilemma where nobody will give you an on air gig because you don't have any experience on air. But then you also can't put together a demo reel to get a gig on air <laughs> because you don't have any experience. So you, yeah. So you got to basically fake it. So you, that's what I did. I wrote up some newscasts and I started reading this newscast and recorded it. And I start reading the newscast. In a voice like this, I am Pete Callender, today's top story. And she stops the recording and she says, what are you doing? (laughs) I said, well, I'm trying to sound like a, like a newsman. I'm trying to, that's what news delivery sounds like. I had this idea, this sound in my head that that's what it was supposed to be. And she said, no, just read it in your voice. I mean, it is really the most NPR advice you could ever get. Because if you ever listen to NPR, yes, everybody, like some of them make zero effort whatsoever. Everybody with the vocal fry at the end of every sentence. Anyway, I don't want to get down that rabbit hole. The point is, she said, if people don't believe the way you're saying something, they're not going to believe what you're saying. And she was exactly right. It was great advice. I've given that advice to others throughout my career. Some who have taken it, some who have not. And that's why, like, my voice is my voice. I get people, you would be surprised, people call in or they'll write, messages I hate the way your voice sounds I hate the way your laugh sounds I, and they you know they'll pick you apart whatever but I don't care like this is this is what I sound like so it's about believability and it's about credibility when you have these arguments like this guy is outlining and that's what makes Mark Robinson effective he then goes on to say in the story of David and Goliath right king the uh, king offers David a sword and armor David tries them on says they don't fit, so he just goes into battle with a slingshot. And the important lesson is you can't fight a battle in armor that doesn't fit. you got to wear the armor and the tools that fit you so you can be as effective as possible. This is how it is with public argumentation and rhetoric. You need to speak in a way that best fits you. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, the Pete Callender Show. Yeah, so if you are looking for something to do on Saturday evening, uh, there are tickets still available. Not a lot, but there are some tickets still available for the uh, 100th anniversary celebration, the WBT 100. Why is it an anniversary? Shouldn't it be birthday? Or is that just more for people? Anyway, it's the 100th anniversary celebration presented by the Center for TMJ and Sleep Apnea. I will be there. I'll actually be doing a presentation of one of the uh, inductees to the Hall of Fame, John Stokes. He, he already knows. I'm not ruining the surprise. Jim Zoki and Bob Lacey are also being inducted into the Hall of Fame. You can go to WBT.com uh, for tickets and for all of the event details. And um, I was telling a story during the break. I I did. I went in to get a suit because the only suits I had were from 90 plus pounds ago. And I went in to get the suit and he's, I got to keep reminding myself that when I meet somebody new now, they don't know what I used to look like. Right. So when I walk in there and I tell them, Oh, I need a new suit. I've lost some weight and, and they have an idea in their mind but they really don't know. And at one point, like he fits me for this shirt, and I'm, I'm like, what is, he says, that's a 15 and a half neck. Like, are you kidding me? 15 and a half I don't think I've ever been a 15 and a half neck. I was PhD weight loss and nutrition. I know I'm just throwing, I'm just, I feel the need. Look, I get emails all the time. I talk to people all the time uh, about, what I've done to lose the weight. I talk about PhD weight loss and everybody has these ideas and stuff and the, everybody's been so supportive. And so I want to say thank you for that. Uh, but, and it's kept me accountable because I get on the air. I got to tell everybody whether or not I lost, you know, pounds this week or not. And I never want to disappoint people. So, uh, it's been, uh, it has been a life changer for me. And, uh, I always am interested in talking about it. And i and I get messages all the time from people that are, Uh, inspired to get healthy and and to drop pounds as well. And that, I mean, what more could I ask for? Seriously, what more could I ask for to know that somebody somewhere may be living their best life and living a little bit longer because of something I said. And really, uh, and that's, I can go into, go anywhere around and I run into people and they thank me for that. That's, I'm blessed. So I uh so I appreciate that and I wanted to take a moment and say thank you for that. It kind of struck me as I told the guy at the uh, at the shop, you know, when I told him 90 pounds and he was like, "Oh, <laughs> said, that's a lot." I said, "Yeah. I don't even know. I have not been I have not been a, under 165 pounds probably since junior high." So it, it's a number that I have no sort of familiarity with, you know? it's it's a whole different uh whole different perspective so that being said let me get back to the to the comments from uh, the lieutenant governor Mark Robinson who as he has been doing for several years he goes into churches he gives speeches video of the speeches then circulate and what's interesting is that there are um there are a lot of people that spread the videos around thinking that it's going to hurt him and I'm not sure it is. We went over the polling on this a couple of uh, days ago. There was a public opinion strategies memo that was put out. It was about the, it asked a bunch of different questions, but for example, they asked about the don't say gay, quote unquote, the don't say gay bill, which is when they describe what the bill is, they find overwhelming support among every demographic category, even Democrats. Everybody supports the bill. Um, Or the law, I should say now. What else? Two-thirds of voters believe it's inappropriate for teachers or school personnel to discuss gender identity with children in kindergarten through third grade. Less than 10% of Americans want to see gender removed from birth certificates. So 90-plus, is only 8%. 8% say we should take gender off of the birth certificates. 8%. That's the issue that the left is trying to advance here with their allies in the media. Um, And by a two-to-one margin, Americans believe transgender athletes should play on sports teams that match their birth gender. So this is where the American public is. This is where the public sentiment already is. So when Robinson gets up at a black church and says what he said about how you can try to do all of these things and turn yourself from a man into a woman or from a woman into a man. But at the end of the day, you are still what you are still the man or the woman as designed by God, that God put in you by way of DNA. That is a, that is a, a biblically informed opinion that he holds. And he has the conviction of that belief. And so he, he sees efforts. uh, This is with, you know, all things postmodernist, uh, he sees these efforts to undermine reality, to tear apart the pillars of Western civilization, uh, these enlightenment you know, principles of rationality, scientific inquiry. G- yes, Yes, the Christian church. All of these things built the society. And so what he sees occurring, he believes, he calls it demonic. He says if there is another movement that's, more demonic, he hasn't seen it, right? That, that, and that's what he ascribes, because look, if you believe in God, you kind of got to believe in the devil too. It's kind of a package deal. And so, unless you're like, I'm a deist, I believe in a God, I don't even capitalize the G because I'm not really sure, whatever. So if you are of the Christian faith and you believe in Satan, then you can actually see Satan working in some of these ways, if you listen to my show, you know I, I, I'm I'm not one who gets on and and you know does a lot of scripture reading. I don't do any of it. I don't I, I don't I don't do scripture stuff. I don't uh, I don't incorporate these into my arguments. I'm not very good at it. There are better people to do it than me. But Mark Robinson is in a lane that a lot of people aren't in, and it's foreign to them. And I don't know. Why? But I understand what he's saying. And I understand that that resonates to maybe it's an audience that doesn't include you or me or whatever. But that resonates. You can tell it resonates because the crowd's going crazy. It is instant feedback that what he is saying resonates. And as I said, I think Democrats should probably be afraid. 704-570-1110, 704-570-1110, zero eleven ten one eight hundred WBT eleven ten. Also, you can email Pete at thepetecalinershow Where I got this one from Joseph, who said, "Pete, I thought that the way to read uh, NPR news breaks was to drop a Quaalude and then talk through an empty paper towel roll." <laughs> that's one way to do it. I mean, that's not—that's not you know textbook how they taught me, but um. <laughs> I got an email here also from Mitch. He's a new listener, uh, now a podcast subscriber as well. He really enjoys listening as he takes his morning walks or jogs. I recently retired from Highway Patrol. Love your take on the state political landscape in North Carolina. Just wanted to drop you a line, say hello. Look forward to listening. Thanks so much, Mitch. I appreciate it. And thank you for uh, your public service as well. I appreciate that. Um, So on on the transgender issue, And I've covered different components of it, and I have been now, really, with uh, House Bill 2. Everybody kind of got a crash course in North Carolina, and I did a lot of research around the House Bill 2 debate. And I have come down on uh, the side of, I believe it's a mental disorder. I believe it was classified as a mental disorder. And I went into it with an open mind, by the way, when I started trying to figure out, like, what exactly is this about and that sort of thing. But the concept of dysphoria, and again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychiatrist, I'm not a psychologist, but I'm also not woke. And I don't intend to be, I don't care to be, I find it to be chaos because that's, Wokeism is rooted in postmodernism, and that's chaos. Anyway, so I I have no interest in it. But there's a couple of dynamics going on. First off, obviously, the people who are experiencing the dysphoria deserve empathy and sympathy and and help. And I don't, it's one of the things, the abrasive nature of the way Lieutenant Governor Robinson talked about the topic, that turns people off. I recognize that. It turns people off. However, for people who are in what they believe is a battle, good versus evil, right and wrong, God and Satan, right? Like then they will say whatever they have to say and as the uh, the guy on Twitter pointed out, you know, my set of armor is going to be different than Robinson's set of armor. You got to fight in the armor that best fits you. And this best fits him. And I think a lot of people want to try and put him into a box because he's a Republican and he doesn't fit that box per se and he's tough to hit because of what makes him unique these qualities that make him unique uh, I on the other hand, I approached it from a from an argument style that is more suited to me, which is Let me examine the different angles here and then let's see where we come down on this. And for me, the people who have uh, dysphoria of any kind deserve empathy and, and support and help. Yes. However, my line in the sand is I refused and still do refuse to be told that my reality is not real. I'm not going to participate in a delusion. I'm not. You, you cannot coerce me. You cannot force me to do that. This is my Winston Smith moment here, right, from 1984. Two plus two is what? That's, what? that's what Robinson was making a reference to. Two plus two is whatever the party says it is. It's from 1984. When you are forced to deny the thing that you know to be true then you have completely surrendered. And that's a line in the sand, not to mention for parents. For example, school districts around the country are implementing plans, gender support plans for students where they keep the parents in the dark about what's going on. They'll change the student's name and gender on all of their internal paperwork and then hide that from the parents. That's wrong. That is absolutely wrong. Why would you think that the school cares more about that kid than the parent does? Okay, yes, there are some parents that are terrible parents. Sure. Are we to believe that's every parent of a kid who's going through some sort of dysmorphic period? And the thing that um, that brought it home for me on transgenderism is that you've got people... Who suffer from other types of dysmorphia, and those other types of dysmorphia, very similar to transgenderism, they the they are telling themselves their brain is telling them that they're uh, you know they're supposed to be blind, they're supposed to be unable to walk, they're supposed to be uh, you know an amputee, para, uh, paraplegic, they're supposed to be really really fat, but they're really really thin, so they keep starving themselves and. Making themselves puke. Like the stuff like that. Right? We don't encourage those types of behaviors because we recognize the self-harm, the long-term damage that it does. What makes this different? Is it because it has a it's got some sort of a political movement attached to it? Is that why? That's what makes this different. I I, I don't think that you need to be well, we went over this last week, which was also that Postmodernism and Marxists, what what they require is the the severing of the relationship between parent and child. And so the longer that they can keep the parent in the dark about what the child is being taught, and they are being taught that, by the way, they're being taught these things in school. And the building blocks upon, you know, critical race theory, but also queer theory, which is you first tell the white kids that they're, you know, irredeemable, and then you give them a, an outlet You give them a pass. You give them an indulgence, if you will. That's why I call it a church, the church of wokeism. Here's your get out of hell free card. Oh, if that were to be the case, though. All right, news is next.